Hello and welcome to Feminine Fire, a podcast where spirituality meets soulful business strategy. I'm your host, spiritual life and business coach, Beck Cazillo, here to help you ignite your inner fire and step into the highest vision for your life and business. Join me as we explore what it takes to get out of your own way, uplevel your worth, master your mindset, and build the spiritual business of your dreams. If you're a spiritual woman ready to create a life and business that truly sets your soul on fire, you're in the right place. Let's dive in. This is Feminine Fire. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Feminine Fire with Beck Cazillo. I am so excited to share this one with you today because I know that this is going to be a conversation and a topic that speaks to so, so many of you. One of the questions that I am asked all the time by my clients, by my community, is how do I bring all of my different services and offers together cohesively without confusing my audience. Because if there is one thing that I know about spiritual business owners, it is that we often have more than one thing going on. You know, you might be a healer and a psychic or an acupuncturist and a coach or a yoga teacher and an artist. Maybe you have a line of products, maybe all of the above plus more. And I know that it can sometimes feel like we're confusing our people when we have lots of different offers like this. I remember when I first added in coaching services to what was predominantly a candle and product-based business back then, we're talking my business four or five years ago now, I was really worried that it would be confusing for my people. And it definitely took a bit of time, some key strategic decisions and quite a bit of mindset work to bring it all together without feeling like my brain was going to explode and to be able to communicate effectively what it is that I was offering and why I was offering it in that way. But it is possible. And today's podcast guest is here to share the secret to building a successful, multi-passionate business among many other things. So let me introduce you to the wonderful Fanula Doherty. Fanula is a mindset and purpose coach, yoga teacher, retreat space holder, and Reiki practitioner. As I said, multi-passionate. She supports big-hearted expats to take action on their infinite potential and purpose. Using her signature framework, The Infinite Method, She supports these women to create the life they dreamed of when they first moved away from home. Fanula has supported women to uncover the career of their dreams, find soul friends and community, and truly own their limitless potential. And she has built an incredibly successful business that brings together her coaching, her yoga, and her Reiki healing in a way that feels so seamless and so aligned absolutely no confusion in sight for her or her people. In this chat today, Fanula shares how she does it. She spills all her juicy secrets to building a successful multi-passionate business. She shares some of the mindset, strategy, and intuitive practices she's used to build the business that she has today. 
We also chat about how to find your niche, the importance of bringing together both intuition and strategy in business, and the power of weaving spiritual practices and ritual into your daily life. Such a juicy, jam-packed conversation and one that can be really summed up as a giant permission slip to not be afraid to do business your way, to follow your own path and to honour your own timeline. If you are a multi-passionate business owner, this one is for you. Hey, Fanula, welcome to the Feminine Fire podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. Hi, Beck. It is so good to be here. Thank you so much for having me. So in your business, you bring together coaching, yoga, retreats, and Reiki, both in person and online. And a lot of spiritual business owners, so a lot of the listeners to this podcast are multi-passionate in the same way. They have lots of different qualifications behind them. And one of the conversations I have again and again with clients is bringing all of these things together cohesively. And you do that so, so well. And so I'd love just to kick off by asking you, can you share a little bit more about your business model, your structure, and how that all works together? Well, thank you for saying that I do it well, because it has definitely been a journey. (laughs) And so I so resonate with what you shared about your clients. I have definitely been there myself, and I think that that is part of it. The way that I bring them all together is definitely by getting more clear on who it is that I work with and how it is that I can support them. And that is the common thread that runs through everything I do. My coach has also really supported me to think about, you know, what the offer is that I focus on on any given time so that it's not really, really confusing for my peeps in terms of what it is that I do and how it is that I can support them. So that has made it a lot easier for me to not think that I have to do all of the things at all of the same time, even though there is a part of me that sometimes wants to do that because as you said, multi-passionate, love doing all the things, but definitely having a really clear idea about what it is that I'm supporting my clients with and how I can do that then is what sits behind that so that it makes it easier to be multi-passionate and know that I can do all of the things when there is a a common thread that kind of holds it all together. Mm, I love that. I'm often talking to clients about really understanding who their clients are and their needs and all of those sorts of things. And obviously that helps you then communicate in your sales, in your marketing, but also when you're creating offers. Can you talk us through that process then of making those decisions and getting really clear on what your different offers are for your people? Yep. So my coach uses a value ladder method where we have the offer that sits on the top, which is my main offer. And then there's kind of a process to figuring out what sits underneath that in terms of how much support a client will get from me. And that's kind of how someone would move up the ladder. So my membership offer is kind of like my entry level offer. And that has, I suppose, less face-to-face contact with me. And then as people move up, then my biggest offer is one-to-one coaching. And Deciding on how and what that looked like was really challenging for me, if I'm honest, because I 
definitely felt like I want to work with all the people. <laughs> I really enjoy doing so many different things. I really feel like, you know, there's so many different ways that I can support my clients. And so it was a really challenging experience actually for me to niche down in terms of how I support um, the clients that I do support. But I suppose the, the thing that helped me was really questioning myself around what it is that I'm best at supporting my clients with, who gets the best outcomes when they work with me and those kinds of things, and really thinking about how I could be most of service within the areas that I do work in. And what has been easy for me, I suppose, in a way is that I work with a lot of expat women. Actually, almost all of my clients have always been expats. And so as I have been working more and more in that area, I've got to know more and more of what it's like. And I'm an expat myself, but the issues that they have or the challenges that they have, um, I've got to know those more and more as time has gone on. So I think experience is a big part of it as well. And sometimes we have to allow ourselves to go through the process to figure out what things are going to look at and not try and figure that out from the very start. I know that was definitely true for me. Like when I trained initially, particularly as a life coach, because nation is something that's talked about a lot in life coaching, I find it impossible to know what my niche was. But I think that I had to be out in the world first to really help myself to figure that out. And I actually have a lot of clients who are training to be life coaches and going through that same journey of, I don't know what the hell my niche is. And I'm like, that's okay, it will come. And sometimes people are really clear from the get-go, but a lot of the time what I witnessed to be true is that that's a journey. Yeah, I love that. That's such a big permission slip, I think, for people because, you know, the perfectionist in all of us wants it just to kind of all fall into place and be perfect from like day one and just work and have it all figured out. But similarly, my experience is that it unfolds and it and it can change over time as well. Yeah, definitely. And permission to do that too is important. Yes, full permission to, you know, have things unfold and change. I think it's important also to distinguish that from you know, chopping and changing all the time, which can happen and then will hold you back. But I think naturally allowing that to unfold. So was that an intuitive process for you? Do you weave intuition into your business? I definitely use my intuition for a lot, if not all of what I do, but there has to be strategy and practical things that come along with that. And that has been my learning to not always just go with intuition, like having structure is really important as well. And I think that can be said across all areas of business once once we're working for ourselves that those things go hand in hand together but one on its own often doesn't work. 100%. I find people sit in one camp or the other. They're like really strategic, you know, super happy to be in that space but aren't super happy to go with the flow or trust their intuition or it's all intuition, all flowy, there's no structure. <laughs> And bringing those two together is definitely something that I know I do with my clients all the time. So depending on which camp they sit in. Yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> for me, it's a constant learning and a constant dance, especially whenever it comes to wanting to be in the flow is um, really appealing. I think owning my own business and knowing that I have all this freedom but I know that if I don't have structure, that not a whole lot of things get done. So <laughs> definitely important to have both. Can we chat a little bit about that routine and, you know, how you might weave ritual and spiritual practice into your life and business? Yeah, absolutely. I love having time to myself in the morning before I do anything. 
that changes a lot in terms of what that looks like based on where I am in my flow, how I'm feeling, what it is that I need. I used to be very disciplined in terms of what it looked like. So it was a very strict yoga practice that I was really, really consistent with. And I got really bored of that. (laughs) So now I kind of have a list of things, not like a, a physical list, but a list of things that I will choose from in my mind that I might pull from. It could be a walk in nature, it could be a meditation, it could be some yoga, it could actually be some vigorous exercise some mornings, it could be a dance around the living room. It always looks different, but there's something that will take me into my own world before I provide support to anybody else. And when it comes to throughout my day, again, it looks different, but I know that I have to take time for me, particularly when I'm in service. So I'll do something for five minutes after I have a client call, whether that be shaking off my energy in some way with music or making myself a little cup of tea before I sit down to do my next thing. And that has been a learning process. I didn't always do those things. And I notice a humongous difference when I carve out little pockets of time for myself throughout my working day. It has been really transformative actually to take some flowy time in the middle of all of the structured things. So love my spiritual practices, love my little rituals. They're like my favorite part of my day. (laughs) (laughs) I love that so much. Is there any recommendations you would have, any top tips you would have to anyone listening being like, "Mm, that sounds amazing. I need to prioritize that in my day. The biggest thing that I would say for myself and also for a lot of my clients actually has been looking at my relationship with tech and how that can be the easiest thing to do instead. We all know how to get off our phones, but actually doing it can be the really challenging thing. So before actually carving out those times in my day, the thing that had to happen prior to that was learning to not lift my phone first so you know after having a client session not going on Instagram to check if I had had any notifications or my emails or all those kinds of things breaking up with those dopamine habits probably really really helped me to actually do things that were good for me and we all can have our own version of that even if it's not our phone there's often something that we have to stop doing in order to do the thing that we really want to do And I had to be very strict with myself with my phone and still do have to be now and again. They're addictive and they're designed to be addictive. So I will like leave my phone somewhere else. I don't have it beside me when I'm working. Um, I don't have it beside me when I'm going to bed anymore, those kinds of things. And that has really supported me to actually have a routine that supports me. I don't know if that answers your question, but it was the first thing that came to mind when you asked any tips on how to actually implement. I think that is such good advice. And as business owners, we can feel like we have to be online 24-7. If our business is online, it's like, oh, I've got to check Instagram because what if someone commented or someone sent me a DM or what if someone sent me an email? I've got to get back to them straight away. And actually having those boundaries with ourselves first and foremost is so, so important. You know, obviously we live in a world where we're so connected now. So even if you're not a business owner, you probably have your phone next to you as you're listening to this. I mean, you're probably listening on your phone, but you know, we always have this thing attached to us. And I think, I think it's such a good reminder that if we want to implement new habits, then we have to look at the habits we already have 
and where we're spending our time. So thank you for sharing that. I think that's really, really powerful for people. I am sneaking in and interrupting this episode real quick to let you know how you can be coached by me in 2022. As you may or may not know, right now I'm on maternity leave, either preparing for the arrival of my beautiful second baby, or maybe they're here already and I'm enjoying the newborn baby bubble. Either way, when I return to work in October, I will be coaching exclusively through my six-month mastermind style program, The Spiritual Business Mistress Mind. The Mistress Mind is for spiritual women who are ready to build abundant, profitable, and aligned businesses while staying grounded in their values, spirituality, and purpose. If that sounds like you, I would so love to support you. We officially kick off in mid-October, but we have some epic bonuses available if you sign up before then. To find out more and enroll, head on over to betcazillo.com forward slash mistress mind. And if you'd like to have a chat with me, or if you have any questions at all about the program, I am still hanging out over on Instagram. So come and send me a DM. I would so, so love to hear from you. For now, let's get back to the episode. I'd love to just switch gears a little bit now and ask you about your membership because you've obviously launched a membership. You said that's kind of your entry level for people to get to know you, but I know that a membership can be quite a big thing to launch and I'd love to hear your perspective and your experience on, you know, what that was like and your top tips for anyone who's considering it. Membership has definitely been a learning experience for me as well launching it came very naturally to my business model because of COVID when we were all in lockdown I switched from doing all in-person yoga classes to teaching online and I created a very simple membership for that for my students who were already practicing with me so that was how it kind of organically began and then through lockdown I built a proper platform And my biggest learning experience with that has been in the beginning, I tried to do all of the things and speaking to someone who is also actually a business coach, she said that that is often what people do when they start memberships. They're like, how can I provide as much value as possible and cram all of the things in to make sure people are getting like lots of support from this platform. And the problem with that is once you start with all of that support, then you have to continue. And unless you're going to dedicate your whole business time to uploading new content onto your membership, it's just something to definitely consider. So if you're listening and you're thinking about setting up your membership, think about how you can make it easeful for yourself and how you can dedicate an allocated amount of time to that membership. So that's how it started and it has evolved from there. So now what I do is support my clients through actually giving them a way of working through the membership really easily. So I give them specific practices once a week that they can then go away and use for themselves. But it's not like a whole bombarding of information that they then have to filter through and go through. And that has been learning for me as well. And that's We think that it's really good or well, I thought that it was really good to give people lots of things, but that's not always actually supportive because somebody wants to be guided in terms of how they can easily um, embed those practices. 
and my membership is to support people with their routines and little rituals and there's lots of very easy ways and, and short ways that they can do that and so it's almost like I was creating the opposite of what it is that they actually needed. That has been a big learning and it's also really important to know that memberships require a lot of commitment so if you're going to have a membership you got to show up for it almost every week if not every week and that's something to remember because I think people can think about memberships as being an easy way for passive income but there's work with a membership so know that. <laughs> yeah I, I so feel you on that especially for you know a lower cost offering you've then got to have a higher volume of people coming into it in order to like make the same kind of income that you probably want to if that's what you want to make your money from. Do you have any tips on the marketing side of things? I've been really lucky that I've had a very high retention rate for my membership but like any membership model there will be people who drop off, there will be people, will be people who are interested and come on board but because it's an evergreen offer there has been learning for me in that there also has to be ways that I call people in throughout the year and learn how to talk about it, even though it's an evergreen offer, which is totally different than when we're in launch mode and it's easy to talk about something because it's either new or there is a time limited aspect to it. When you have a membership, that's different because it's always there and it's always around. And so I implement little kind of launches throughout the year that are ways of supporting my clients to know what my membership would probably look like if they were to become a member through just little things that I do um, that are kind of connected to the work that's within the membership. So it's kind of like a, a sneak peek almost into what it would be like to be a member with me. And that has been really supportive for me. I think that that suits me and how I like to launch in my business and um, it may not be for everyone but it suits me in that I like having a reason to talk about something or a reason to show up I find it really challenging to come on and talk about something that is always around it's probably a mindset thing but um, yeah that makes it really easy for me I love that I mean you know anything that makes it easy right and I love what you were talking about before you know thinking through you know, jam packing so much stuff into an offer like a membership, we think, oh yes, we're providing all this value, but actually it can be overwhelming to like go into a container like that and be like, whoa, look at all this stuff. Where do I begin? So I think that's really good advice for any kind of offer because so often we want to just keep adding value, right? We want to support our clients. It's like, so how can I do this? How can I add more value here? But when we do that, sometimes it's like, oh my goodness, that's so much stuff. They get to the end of an online course, for example, and are like, I haven't finished it. It was too much. And actually, if we think about that kind of less is more, what are the actual things that are going to support our people to have the outcomes? So, so powerful. I suppose that's um, a journey too, in that the more we learn about our clients and know an easy pathway to take them to the destination and we get more confident in our ability to do that, then we feel less need to pack all the things in. And I think that there is a mindset part to that as well, especially when it comes to a course or when we're trying to bring someone to a final destination in that we're almost trying to prove that the work that we're doing is, is good or that um, it's going to support or that we know our stuff. 
when actually it's really important to just think about how can I make this really simple, easy for my client to understand because most of the time they're as busy as we are and they don't have a million hours to dedicate to whatever it is that we might be teaching them. And so it's really important to definitely consider that. Yeah, I so agree. Can we talk a little bit about mindset now? I feel like, you know, kind of what you're touching on there is that like self-trust of like just trusting that almost what you're sharing is enough, what you're including is enough. What have been the biggest mindset challenges for you in your business? Definitely trusting that the work that I do is enough as it is, that I'm doing a good enough job, all of those kinds of things. Mindset work is a daily practice for me. So I am very connected to knowing my own stories now and what um, often will come up. That is definitely the most common one that will often get challenged if I am particularly moving out of my comfort zone in some way. So um, it's very connected to, oh, I don't know if I'm ready to do that yet. I'm not sure this is the right time. And that could come up in lots of different variations, but I'm so aware of it now that I don't linger in that space for too long um, most of the time. So I will always, when I hear that story come up, question myself on it or do some journaling around it or do my best to move through it in some way and support is often a really um, great thing that helps us to move through mindset because sometimes we can get really into our own stories because they can feel so true so we've been listening to them for so long and I've really noticed the power of coaching when it comes to mindset because once I hop on a call with my coach often it's like move through within five minutes because she can smell the BS <laughs> quicker than I can sometimes. I love that so much. I love that so much. So what other practices would you recommend to people who, you know, are starting their mindset journey or are starting to prioritise it more in their business? Separation and whatever that looks like for you is okay. And that's what helps us to build awareness. So for me, separation from the stories that I can get myself stuck in can be meditation to help calm my mind down and help me focus on something different. It can be simply going for a walk and getting out of my head a little. And I was listening to something recently where it talked about how when we go for a walk, it activates our problem solving part of our brain. And so it can really support us to actually get into that space instead of getting all up in our head. So separation is definitely important and when it comes to particular journaling practices when I'm in that space of mindset often a feeling that's coming up is fear and so I like to write it all out and um, get it all down on paper like what is this fear voice saying and how is it showing up and then I think about how I can move through that or if anything it's telling me has actually got any evidence or if it's actually true and thinking about that worst case scenario and often whenever I do that it's like oh this is actually not bad at all. (laughs) I love that. When you were talking about that separation, I remember one of my um, hypnotherapists said to me once, you know, so often when we're looking at a problem or something we perceive to be a problem, we're kind of staring at a brick wall or we feel like we're continuing to hit a brick wall. But if we just turn around, we can have the brick wall behind us and everything else opens up. And it just like every time I get into that space, I just think about, okay, turn around, let's look at all of the options here. Like let's stop just looking at the one thing over and over again. That really came up for me then when you were sharing that. 
Yeah, I love that analogy so much. That's so powerful. And as you were talking there, for some reason, it made me think about how much my body is my separation thing. So I know that for me personally, I get up into airy fairy land whenever I'm in my head. <laughs> so it's like always energy going upwards. And when I'm in that space for too long, if I ever go for an energy session myself, I'm always told that like, got to get back down into being grounded. So my body is definitely my thing. And that could be a yoga practice or moving or dancing in some way um, to get out of my head. But yeah, that's a really powerful practice too for me is getting out of my head and into my heart again. Yeah, we spend so much time up in our heads, right? Thinking, writing, you know, sitting at the computer, looking on our phone. We're so disconnected from the neck up. But if we can, yeah, get into our bodies, I so agree. It's like, okay, I need to shift some energy. Let's move. How can I move? Let's get this out. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Is there anything else that you would share with the listeners today before we close out? I feel like we've talked a lot about the journey of being an entrepreneur and all the different aspects that come along with that. Um, And for me, something that you shared earlier about being a perfectionist is something that comes up so much. And I think when we are in the entrepreneurial world, we can be really big high achievers who have really amazing goals and we're striving to get everything right. And we can listen to this content and go away and think, okay, I need to do all the things. Like I need to get my rituals in order. I need to do my mindset work. I have to get it all done and I've got to get it all right. And I think it's so important to give ourselves a permission slip to be on the journey and to know that it's okay that things aren't perfect. Like I am certainly not perfect in any way with any of the things that we have spoke about today. I feel as though we're all on a journey with all of that and so I think that that's really important when we're when we're listening to getting advice is to know that it's great to listen to these things and to take away from it but not to put a load of pressure on ourselves to to know that we have to get it absolutely perfect in some way so I hope that that's that's helpful if you're if you're listening to this and thinking there's things that you want to implement I love that so so important you don't have to do everything all at once Thank you so much for coming on the show today. How can people find out more and work with you? Thank you so much for having me. I've loved our conversation. Best way to come and find me is on Instagram. My handle is infiniteu and I would love to hang out with you there. If you have taken something away from this podcast, would love to hear from you in my DMs. And that is the best way to get in touch with me. So Instagram is the best place to begin. Amazing. We'll make sure all, all of your links are in the show notes. Thank you so much. Thank you.